and welcome to Parallel, a tech podcast with accessibility sprinkles. I'm Shelley Risman, your host. This is episode 80. Fitness means different things to different people. Maybe toning your body or keeping it at its maximum performance is important to you. Maybe health is why fitness is a part of your life. Or perhaps weight loss is an important goal for you. Whatever the case, if you add the layer of accessibility and disability to fitness, there's certainly some challenges and opportunities that don't exist in other fitness contexts. And that's what we're going to talk about today with my two wonderful guests. And we're specifically going to talk a lot about Apple Fitness Plus, the software and services offering from Apple that is uh, more accessible than it once was and provides a level of accessibility that's uh, worth talking about. And I have two Wonderful guests, uh, beginning with Summer Panage. She's currently a senior engineering manager at Slack, working on accessibility. She's also worked in accessibility at Apple and Twitter and is a passionate uh, advocate of fitness as well. Summer, it's so great to have you. Thank you so much, Shelley. It's fantastic to be here. Next up, a former Parallel guest and one of my co-panelists on the Mac Accessibility Roundtable, and he's an accessibility consultant in his real life, Mr. Steve Sazen. Hi. Hello, it's great to be here again. Thank you for for being brave and having me back. (laughs) Oh, you always give good value. Uh, so I, I wanted to bring you guys together to talk about fitness. Uh, aside from my own jokes about it, uh, accessibility and fitness has fortunately uh, become more of a thing. Uh, for ages, I think, people who had accessibility needs had to sort of roll their own in terms of fitness. And more and more uh, companies, whether it be putting making wearables that are accessible or whether it be creating programs that are accessible, have been providing more options. And um, part of Summer's background uh, at Apple was working uh, on Apple Fitness Plus, and we'll ask her something about her experiences at Apple. Obviously, uh, we won't get into things that have to... Obviously, we won't get into uh, things that Apple might not like us talking about, uh, but Summer can offer some insights based on her own experience. Steve is somebody who has used Apple Fitness and who has been on a fitness journey of his own, so I'm really looking forward to talking about all of that with you guys. Summer, tell me a bit about how you got involved in accessibility first. This is obviously not just like a one one job you had. You've, you've made this your career. <laughs> Definitely. Um, the, the truth is I, I stumbled into it a bit um, out, of, out of college. I got my first job at Apple working on the UI automation framework. And um, after a few months of that, I started to realize, you know, oh, this framework is based on this other thing called accessibility. And... Uh, that was just so much more interesting to me. I got so excited about this this, this technology that it was based on. And um, before I knew it, I just ended up working more on that side of things, more on the accessibility side of things. I think I um, one of the first projects I had was partnering with the MAPS team and working on accessibility with, um, um, with them. And it just got me so excited about the concept. And it was really just off to the races from there. I, I couldn't get enough of it. And I just thought it was really important, um, but also just at a technical level, really fascinating. And um, ever since then, it's really kind of been the, the thing I focused on in my career. I'm always curious about how folks who sort of come to accessibility based on a professional interest rather than necessarily life, ex- necessarily life experience, always wonder how steep a learning curve it is when you get into accessibility, either from a, like a technical point of view or just sort of putting yourself in a position where you're developing things for the needs of, of folks who may not have the same experience you do. Oh, it's, it's funny because I think I was, I was so young in my career, I didn't 
quite even know how hard it was because everything was so hard. Um, but that certainly was challenging. I was, as you said, like this was not my lived experience. And um, particularly once I left Apple and the, the guardrails were off and I went to Twitter and I made so many terrible mistakes. I shipped some awful things. Um, and and it was um, there was a lot of learning about really listening to others, like going and, and finding out what the experience of other people was so I could better serve it. And um, definitely in that sense, it was a it was a big and kind of wonderful learning curve about really, you know, not thinking about things as I would, but as, as someone else might and, and trying to find out if I can how someone else might perceive something. Um, so on that on that level, definitely a big learning curve. And then on the technical level, too, particularly when I got started, there wasn't a lot of documentation um, in, you know, on, in the APIs I was using. I focused primarily on iOS development and Android development um, during my kind of middle career there. And just not a lot of not a lot of information at that time. And so there was a lot of trial and error just in the technical sense, too, of like, oh, OK, well, this this cell isn't speaking the right thing through voiceover. Let's try this. Let's try this. And um, just being really willing to be wrong a lot. <laughs> Steve, let me turn to you and ask about your fitness journey. That's what we're going to spend most of our time talking about today. And so for, for folks who don't know Steve, uh, you're, you're an accessibility consultant. You're, you're a blind guy. What sort of uh, motivates you about, about fitness? Where, where are you in your, your journey? And, and what do you want to say about your experience as a, a person with a disability trying to manage your own fitness? Well, fitness itself is a struggle, or at least it has been for me, and it always has been for me. Uh, I have always been overweight, and it uh, controlling that has been a real struggle. Uh, fitness is something I've always wanted to do better at, and I am a master procrastinator. I've uh, perfected that, and uh, so it's it's something I've put off and put off and put off, and eventually I got to a point where I was like, I really can't put this off anymore. Um, I, I just, I wasn't healthy. I wasn't in a good place. And I realized I needed to lose not just a little bit of weight, but a lot of weight. And it was really impacting my life. And so, um, I, the hard thing for me with it is fitness has always been one of those things that has been very difficult for me, uh, in part because of my disability, uh, other people have had a much easier time of it, uh, but not me. And in addition to that, you know, the more overweight you get, the more self-conscious you may become. I certainly did. And so the idea of like going to a gym and, and like exercising with people who are in shape was absolutely terrifying to me. And uh, then I wouldn't go. And that made me sad because I wasn't going and I wasn't doing the fitness that I should do. And, you know, you could tell yourself logically that, you know, well, you know, people aren't going to be judging. And if they are, who cares? You're on this journey for yourself. But when it comes to put that into practice, uh, it, it was really, really difficult. So then the pandemic hit and uh, I decided, well, now's as good a time as any to really start a fitness journey. I can do it from home. And I should, you know, maybe think about how to do that because no one's going to a gym. So finally, uh, I, I don't have to worry about not going uh, and and not being judged by people because people weren't getting together. So uh, I started slowly and steadily uh, on a fitness journey. And as that picked up steam, uh, started looking for tools and 
things that could help me be more successful in that. And, uh, you know, I still have a ways to go, but I've, I've lost, I guess around 70 pounds thus far. So I'm super proud of the progress. And along the way, it's been an interesting journey, both from a fitness perspective, but also really a self discovery perspective. It's, uh, you know, interesting, the things that seem important, but then wind up not really being important. So it's been a, 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 a physical and mental journey, I guess, along the way. And I'm for the first time ever sort of excited to see where I go next with it. Well, congratulations on the weight loss. That's so great. That's that's must feel really good. And I imagine that it makes it possible for you to do things that you couldn't do in terms of fitness, right? Keep it continuing to keep going. Oh my gosh, definitely it does. And it, it makes it something that even if I can't do it today, I think, okay, that's fine. Maybe I can start to do it and do it tomorrow. Um, and so rather than sort of dismissing things as now nah, that's not possible, um, you know, you, you can't climb a flight of stairs without being out of breath. There's no way you're going to like be running. And now I'm, I'm uh, practicing to eventually run a 5k. And I think, you know, today I can't do that tomorrow, probably not. But if I work toward it, it's an achievable goal. And so it's, it's sort of changed my whole mindset uh, from, you know, let me just dismiss this because I can't do it. There's just no way to, well, maybe I can do it. Maybe not right away, but if I chip away at it a little bit at a time, um, you know, uh, I'll eventually get there. So it's, it's been great and I feel much better. And, um, you know, after the pandemic, uh, and you know, once people were going out again, I needed to wear a suit, uh, to an event. And I was like, well, no problem. I have a closet full of suits that I haven't worn since before the pandemic. And I was shocked to find that nothing fit me anymore. Um, which is a really great problem to have, but it was also an awesome sort of reminder that, Hey, you are being successful. Maybe, maybe you're not there where you, where you want to be yet. But, uh, the fact that you're needing to scramble around to find a suit last minute, um, and, can do that in, in regular quote unquote stores versus looking in specialty clothes shops and stuff is sort of an awesome testament to how successful it is. So it, it's, it's been great to get to a place where I can sort of have some of my journey sort of affirmed that, you know, Hey, on, you know, on the right path kind of thing. That's so great. That's great. We started, Steve and I, talking about fitness on Maxcessibility when you were talking about your experiences with Apple Fitness, I think both before and after some of the accessibility additions that, that were made to Apple Fitness Plus. And I, I, in talking with Summer, I learned that she had actually worked on Apple Fitness during her time at Apple. And so I, I guess I wanted to talk about how Apple thought about fitness and, and accessibility. Obviously, accessibility is something that has been incorporated into a lot of Apple products, but but fitness, even though there are products, there are physical devices like phones and watches that have accessibility features, you're talking about bringing accessibility to to a service, to, to workouts. So I guess I wonder, how did Apple kind of think about incorporating, or how did you think about incorporating fitness, uh, accessibility into fitness when you're at Apple Summer? So I think as we all know with anything from Apple, you know, accessibility is, is a core value and that's something they talk about a lot. And the approach to Fitness Plus felt very much uh, the same to me in that sense. Uh, you know, it was something that they wanted to ship as accessible as possible. And 
um, much like all their products, I think that things become more accessible with time and more understanding and more feedback. Uh, and so I saw a really similar approach, uh, you know, to the Fitness Plus product, which was super cool. Obviously, the difference was it isn't just a piece of software. It isn't just a piece of hardware. It's, it's you know, this kind of whole combined package of hardware working with software, working with humans and coaches uh, and, and video content and all of that. And so there had to be a lot of attention paid to kind of making sure that all of these aspects worked together. Um and I think a lot of work went into, into that, into the kind of the newer parts of the product. Um, so yeah, it was really cool to, to be part of and to witness. And then I think for me personally, when I think about, you know, you know, accessibility and fitness and how do you approach it? Um, it's something I thought about a lot in the past and, uh, I, th- I think a lot about how interesting the coaching aspect is in particular. Um, you know, coaches in, in the fitness space, they're already gen- generally very accustomed to, um, you know, describing movement and how to do it for, for people with different abilities as well. So they're used to adapting movement. Um, so these are things that already play really well into accessibility. And as we make fitness more accessible, a lot of that is about helping coaches broaden the types of bodies that are able to work with, um, and the types of descriptions they're able to give and, um, you know, generally the kinds of, you know, the kinds of ways that they can describe movement. Uh, and so I think that in some ways it lends itself really well because coaches are already thinking about those things and it's just kind of an expansion of, you know, how can we, how can we coach better to make things more inclusive and more accessible? Um, of course the challenge is the flip side. The challenge is that a lot of things are physically demonstrated to, to, to students in a fitness space. And, um, and that's something that when we're thinking about visual accessibility, um, is going to have to, you know, we're going to have to find ways around that. Um, so yeah, I've, I've always found it a really fascinating thing and a really important topic. I, you know, fitness should be accessible. It should be um, for everyone of every level too. It shouldn't just be beginner fitness that's accessible. It, you know, elite level and very advanced classes should also be. Um, so it's something I really care a lot about and you know, hopefully get the chance to you know, focus on in some way again in the future. And Steve, what was your initial experience with with Apple Fitness Plus? Did you just subscribe to the service? And because I, I know that there was a time before some of the workouts were uh, audio described, or before some of those fitness features were fully out there in the world. But I think you were trying it anyway, weren't you? I was. I you know Apple constantly amazes me every single time they do something, and accessibility is part of it. Um, I, I guess I've just become so jaded over the years, you know, everyone talks about accessibility and everyone wants to do accessibility and it's core value and blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, along comes an Apple and they're just doing it like they're not just talking it, they're doing it. And it's so amazing to me. And I, I, I'm shocked every single time whenever I get a new Apple thing, whenever I, uh, engage in any way with an Apple product or uh, service. And I always have this sort of, oh my gosh, they're, they're actually doing accessibility stuff and they're, they're doing it well kind of moment. So when Apple Fitness Plus became a thing, I was excited because I'd used, I'd been using the Apple Watch for quite some time. Uh, It's the only really accessible fitness tracker that exists. And thinking that I might do the fitness thing someday. I wanted to, of course, have the tracker and, you know, let's be honest, who doesn't want an awesome Apple Watch? So I was excited about this this service that would integrate the metrics from the Apple Watch um, with, you know, exercise programs. And I thought, wouldn't that be so neat to be able to read metrics and to be able to um, 
have have sort of a more direct involvement with a class versus you know just sort of being at the other end of a stream or or video or whatever it would was so i got it uh probably the second it came out or the second that i realized it came out i was super excited to subscribe and i loved the content and um it was clear that attention had been paid to accessibility for sure uh in the beginning stages i mean it's it's come a long way since then but even then um you know, right from day one, a lot of things were accessible. The integration was accessible. The fact that it worked with the watch, the the fact that the app, as Summer mentioned, um, you know, was accessible was for me a huge plus. It was great to be able to just browse the different workouts and, and start them. And, you know, even if all the audio description and whatever wasn't present yet, um, it wasn't any worse than other stuff that was out there and in many ways better because it already provided added value in having metrics and such be uh, accessible during a workout. So I I loved it from day one and all the other accessibility stuff that happened after that is, has, I think, been been a huge bonus, one I definitely appreciate, but it's, it's, it's really above and beyond and it's kind of amazing to watch it evolve. Can you talk about some of the workouts that either that you initially gravitated toward or that you've, you've kept up with? Uh, yeah, I, I had a recumbent bike when I was starting out and, um, I, you know, frankly, I was over the weight limit for a lot of the traditional exercise bikes and I had a recumbent bike. And so I started with that and I did the cycling workouts. And what I loved about them is, uh, they would say, you know, modify as needed. Uh, and I thought, well, that's great because I'm going to feel bad that I'm not using the types of bikes that I'm sure everyone else who does cycling workouts is using because I can't, you know, and, um, sometimes the instructors would say, you know, I'm going to stand for this one, but if you'd rather, you know, do this in the saddle, go ahead. And I thought, well, good. Cause I'm on a recumbent bike and I can't stand on this thing. Um, and so I, I loved it. So I loved the bike workouts and it worked well for me because I had that equipment. Um, I then got into rowing. I had a, I had purchased a rower and Apple added rowing workouts to the, to the lineup. Um, and I also tried treadmill, uh, various treadmill workouts. Um, I hate walking without a destination. I just, I don't know why I'm okay biking without a destination, but walking without a destination, I just hate it. I hate it, hate it, hate it. But I did it because, you know, uh, it's it's a good exercise and because I had a treadmill that had a lot of clothes hanging off of it. So I thought, well, I could move those and use it for what it was intended for. Um, but when Apple introduced the Walk With Me series where you can... Uh, take a virtual walk with various celebrities. Uh, I, I was mesmerized by that. I thought, how cool is this? I mean, it it takes something that's incredibly boring that I don't want to do and makes it fun, if only because I, I get to pretend I'm walking with that celebrity and I get to learn something about them along the way, which is a lot of fun. So treadmill, rowing, and biking are the, the, uh, the three that I uh, really started with. Summer, when you, you were working uh, with Apple Fitness is one of the things that you, you did at Apple. And, and you said that you uh, fitness is something that's that's very important to you personally. And so I guess I'm wondering how 
what was that like being being able to work on both accessibility and, and fitness at Apple? Uh, you know, doing doing something that's personally important to you, as well as you know, you're writing code as well, right? Is that was that your kind of your role in, in fitness? Is uh, yeah, code? yeah, no, I was uh, I was an engineering manager, but if anyone is familiar with how engineering managers work at Apple, they often um, almost always are are also coding, and so yeah, I was coding. Um, you know, I got to work with the fitness team and got to code on the project with some incredible engineers, um, and it's not an exaggeration to say that that was probably like a dream project for me in a lot of ways, like the change to combine um, pro- uh, you know, arguably the two things I care about like most in the world when it comes to just like activities and, and professional things. It was it was kind of a dream uh, to get to work on that. And um, it was also just very fun for me to get to um, explore with other people questions about accessible fitness and what that means and actually to have a, a space for that exploration and those discussions um, people in the room who really cared about it as much as me and and so as far as just like a project goes uh, I think that takes the takes the cake for dream project very cool Steve were there things that surprised you when you dug into Apple Fitness, either in terms of the way they implemented that program or just your own experiences? I think the thing that surprised me the most is how well it worked. Um, I, you know, again, I, I, I realize I'm pretty jaded, but, you know, oftentimes accessibility is an afterthought, um, you know, and oftentimes things break with an app update. And I'd, I'd experienced that already with other workout apps that I had been playing with. And I, I think the thing that really surprised me the most was that things just worked the way that they were supposed to work. And then there would be an app up, update and I would think, oh, gosh, something's going to break. And not only did it not break, but it worked better. And I, that just happened time after time after time. And I, I'm i still amazed by that. Years later, it still amazes me that... Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll do a workout and they'll introduce some new thing, some new accessibility uh, clue or something in the workout that I'd never heard before. And I think, wow, that's that's amazing. Um, I, you know, it, it really is amazing. Have you run up against things that you wanted to do that you either couldn't do or that you had to find a way to work around challenges that you faced? I think the biggest one, and I, you know, I've often sort of thought, geez, if I was at Apple, how would I solve this? And of course, it's easy to <laughs> armchair quarterback, things like that. But, you know, for someone who's new to fitness that may uh, never have seen it done before, um, some of the exercises can be a bit challenging because if you're not familiar with the positions, uh, then you may not know exactly what that position is. So an instructor says, for example, during a, a HIT workout, um, if they, if they say they're doing a certain thing or yoga would be the other example. Um, I, I, I have not done yoga. I, you know, I just couldn't. So like, I'm not familiar with any of the poses or anything like that. And, but how do you describe what could be a somewhat intricate pose without like adding a huge delay into the program? Like how, how do you do that? Right. So it sometimes is frustrating to me that, you know, gosh, I, I wish I could see what they're doing because I don't understand where are they putting their hands when they're doing this stretch or, you know, um, is is their leg stuck out more than this or less than this? You know, am I doing this right? And there's really no way uh, sometimes to verify that. Um, and sometimes that's a little frustrating, but, uh, uh, you know, it, 
I, I don't think it's an Apple specific thing because I, I think, you know, how, how would you solve that? Um, you know, I've, I've got ideas, but I don't know that they're good. And I think it's going to take people, uh, like some are described, being able to be in a room and being able to be passionate about this and really bounce ideas around and be creative with each other. And, um, Ultimately, I, I think whatever solutions they come up with are probably better than the ones in my head. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Honestly, for yoga, which I've done a very tiny bit, I've I've done a lot of Googling. I was like, oh, wait, what is that? How does that pose work? And uh, it's, it's not ideal, but it gets me further than it would just to, you know, not know what they're saying. So I guess just to sort of let people know what we're talking about, because when I think about accessibility and fitness, I think about stuff related to blindness and visual impairment. So audio description or obviously accessibility of apps and the watch and that sort of thing. But but Summer, can you sort of lay out some of the ways in which accessibility is incorporated into Apple Fitness Plus? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think it's incorporated from from various angles, both from the concept of pure what I guess what I would call like pure accessibility, like the accessibility of the technology, um, but also it's incorporated in in more of an inclusion aspect as well. Um, so if we think about uh, the more just traditional sense of accessibility, uh, I know that Apple Fitness Plus did a great job with closed captions and subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing. Uh, so that's that's always there, and we've. Um, of course, then there's the accessibility to voiceover, et cetera. And another thing that's really great is the physical modification. So um, yeah, that was mentioned that was mentioned earlier, but consistently the coaches do a great job of helping folks understand how to modify exercises if their body maybe can't do something in a certain way um, or if they're more comfortable doing an exercise in a different way. And what's really lovely about that is those physical modifications are often demonstrated as well. So you've got the coach up front who is um, doing you know, what they call like maybe the mainline version of the exercise, but then you have a coach off to the side doing a modification. And so if you, if you are visual, you're getting that visual cue as well. Um, so I think that's really great um, if, if someone isn't able to do an exercise. Uh, I know that, uh, I can't remember how recently this dropped, but I noticed it in my Apple Fitness Plus app, but they also have workouts for older adults that utilize uh, props like chairs um, to help aid with, with motion. Um, so I think that's just a few ways that um, kind of accessibility and inclusion are kind of coming together, um, coming together in the app. And then um, another place I really love, love seeing it, and I think they did this from the very beginning, was they had their coaches learn some basic ASL and use that in um, while they're talking. Um, and teaching the movements, especially kind of in the um, beginning sections and the ending sections of the workout. And of course, the whole workouts aren't signed. Uh, but just I think having that there, it's it's a really nice gesture of inclusion of saying like, yes, you're here. Like we've got the, you know, the captions and the signs and everything kind of trying to welcome people into the world of fitness. Uh, so those are, the, those are the ones off the top of my head. <laughs> I know you can't speak for Apple either in your former capacity or, or now, but I'm just wondering, have you personally gotten feedback from Fitness Plus users about the accessibility attributes of that product? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'll, I'll often bring it up with people if I know they're into working out, and if I, you know, if I know they have an accessibility, you know, accessibility need of some sort, I'll, I'll ask because I'm just very curious how people use the product or what products they like. Um, and um, generally, when it comes to Fitness Plus, I think the um, the feedback has been very similar to what we heard from Steve today. Um, quite a bit of positivity around the the audio hints feature. Um, 
I think there's there's been, you know, I've heard some folks saying, oh, like, I, I wish it wasn't a synthesized voice. I wish it was a real voice. But generally, the concept of there being audio hints, I, I've only really heard good things, which is really, really cool. Um, definitely heard positive feedback as well around um, the, the signing that's included. So I that's really cool. Um, and again, similar to what Steve said, uh, I think a big challenge for fitness, and this is true across the board, is is. Um, how do you, you know, teaching beginners, um, even, even regardless of ability, whether it be, um, you know, even if someone is just new to fitness in general, but like safely coaching beginners and then adding with that safely coaching someone who maybe cannot see or cannot hear, um, that, that aspect of fitness, I think is, is still a challenge. And I think that's going to challenge any app, whether it be Apple fitness or another one, um, is how to really make a safe space for someone who's new to a particular set of movements, uh, and make sure that that experience can be welcoming and a place to learn. So, uh, I think that that will be a big challenge on the forefront of accessible fitness, uh, for sure. Totally. Steve, you also have a hearing loss, and I'm, I'm wondering if that created any challenges for you in trying to work with, with fitness or does just putting a pair of AirPods in sort of solve any issues you might have with not being able to hear what's, what's going on or are there workarounds you've had to use? Um, I have. I've just been using AirPods, uh, AirPods Pro. Uh, it uh, They work fantastic for me. Um it's also great because if I want to crank up the volume, uh, not necessarily because of hearing loss, but sometimes the playlists are just awesome, right? And uh, but apparently my wife and kids don't like it when I do that super early in the morning. <laughs> so like it helps me to be able to hear it better, um, but it also uh, allows me to kind of listen at my own volume and I can kind of be in my own little world, which is which is really awesome. So I I love using the AirPod Pros. Um, I've never used hearing aids for a couple of reasons. One, uh, generally when you're using hearing aids and if you stream to hearing aids, the sound quality is not as good because they're often tinnier, you know, the, the, they're designed to enhance the ability to hear, not to make music sound really awesome. Uh, and then the other thing is my hearing aids are not, uh, whatever it is, IP 67, basically you can't get them wet. And so I thought, gosh, I don't think I can or should use these during fitness. And so, um, I, I decided to just sort of play it safe and stick with AirPods, but, um, haven't run into any troubles at all, uh, with it. Uh, admittedly my hearing loss is, is not super profound. So someone else may, uh, run into some situation. One thing though that I like is that, um, there are captions and the captions do work with voiceover as well. Uh, now, admittedly, you're probably not going to be doing yoga with a braille display, uh, but you theoretically could or you could find some way to make that work where if you are having trouble understanding the audio, you can read it on a braille display or have voiceover announce it or something um, in a way that might be more accessible. And uh, so the the added captions themselves and the fact that those are accessible, uh, it just provides options to anyone who who might need them. You talked a little bit earlier about how the Apple Watch is the only real accessible fitness tracker out there, but I wonder if you have investigated other fitness products, either apps or hardware or workouts 
and and have, have thoughts about the accessibility of fitness in general. And you say you have machines, so obviously sometimes machines like bikes have touch screens. And so I guess I'm wondering what your your take. And I'd love to hear actually from both of you what your thoughts are about accessibility of things outside the Apple ecosystem are these days. Yeah, it's. It's a challenge. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's a challenge that I'm still navigating because so many exercise machines are touchscreen and um, or you know require that you um, navigate a menu of some sort and they're not very accessible. Um, others are fine. I mean, if there are dials or switches or levers, it's a little bit easier sometimes to do it. Or if you can count clicks or uh, if it's a weight type machine and you no, you need to move the peg, you know, three holes up from the bottom or whatever it is. Like you can do that pretty independently, but touch screens are a real challenge. And it's one of the reasons I still have stayed away from gyms because I, I don't want to like ask someone for help. There are, are generally people who are willing to help, but I just, I hate doing that. Um, one of the uh, non-Apple devices that I got uh, was a Peloton bike and I got it for two reasons. One, I was really excited when Peloton announced accessibility uh, in their bike and eventually in their Tread Plus, I think. Uh, definitely the treadmill, I think the Tread Plus. Um, and I was excited that they, they were uh, integrating that. Uh, and the other reason I got it is because Peloton's weight limit is... Uh, it was one of the weight limits that like I was over. And so it was sort of like a, okay, if I get below this weight limit, I'm going to reward myself with a Peloton. And uh, I got below the weight limit and then I saw the price tag and I was like, okay, I'm not going to reward myself with a Peloton. But my wife um, decided she would reward me with the Peloton. So I was super excited about that. Um, And I love that it has accessibility built into the tablet so I can read a lot of the metrics. Um, that would otherwise not be very accessible. Uh, I don't know that I need those metrics per se, but it is kind of nice to be able to read them and to be able to compare them uh, and export them and all of that sort of stuff. So I love that it's uh, built in, but just like just like with Apple, I have this, I, I guess, fear that, you know, every time there's, you know, new update ready to install, I think, oh gosh, is this the one that's gonna lock me out of this device or this thing completely, you know, and I just, uh, I always I'm sort of concerned about that. So, um, that's probably the highest tech thing. And then my rower and treadmill have good old fashioned buttons, so they're not high tech at all. Um, the rower has a, a, uh, PM five performance monitor thing that connects via Bluetooth to an accessible app. So again, that could break at any point, I suppose with an update, but at least I can read the metrics indirectly via the app, um, from from that device uh the treadmill which i still hate i don't get any feedback from it which is probably good as it would probably give me very nasty feedback because <laughs> you don't like it that's why <laughs> yeah. and it knows it i'm sure it does it's like not talking to you steve <laughs> <laughs> exactly summer have you sort of have you ever either investigated or just been aware of accessibility in, in fitness products in general 
I definitely keep my, um, you know, keep them on my radar. And Peloton is definitely one of them. I remember kind of when they announced it and a couple of my uh, friends who are blind actually got Pelotons at that time because they're like, oh, it's, you know, time to get one. Um, And uh, I have one as well. So uh, they they um, have definitely tried. And I think their uh, their tablet is based on Android, which, of course, would would use TalkBack, um, which is which is great. Um, I also I don't believe this is actually marketed as accessible fitness, but many moons ago, I worked briefly at a fitness startup. And one of the apps I remember trying in that time period just to see how it worked was one called Aptive. And their specialty is audio only workouts. And so just by nature, nobody's looking at a screen. This entire app is is based on the concept of audio workouts. And um, I remember meeting a few people that said they, they liked using that um, because, you know, it was it was audio only. There was no expectation of visuals. And so it was designed and the coaching was done in such a way that it you know didn't require seeing a screen. Um, and again, I don't know if they market it in, in, the, in any way for accessibility, but I thought it was a very cool product uh, to be really focused on that audio only experience. Um, and then I have seen, I can't remember the names, unfortunately, I, I can uh, get you links, but there's at least one fitness tracker that has no screen at all. Um, and I'm blanking on the name right now, but it, it has no screen at all and it has an app associated to it. And um, I think that sometimes the tiny screens on, on, on wearables can be a little challenging, uh, you, you know, for um, you know, if you need to move your cursor around or explore by touch or anything like that, and uh, I think that can be an interesting um, way to kind of utilize um, a wearable as well as a you know, screenless wearable where the interaction is on the more natural device, um, you know, be it the smartphone or the tablet. Uh, so those are some things I've kind of become aware of over time, and then I've also seen. Um, a friend of mine showed me a YouTube series that was specifically geared um, to be um, workouts for for the blind, and they're um, they're audio only. And um, again, just something that I, I met some folks in the community who utilize those as well. And I can um, definitely find a link to those because I was just looking at them the other day. Um, so I think there there are things out there that are that are trying to kind of kind of come at this place of uh, accessible fitness, um, but I think that. I think from my perspective, Apple's still kind of done it the most holistically, which I, which I really love. Yeah. Any, uh, any topics we haven't covered before I get to my final whimsical one more thing topic? I think that, you know, one of the things that really impresses me a lot about it, about Apple uh, Fitness Plus is I was recently um, doing a bike workout and I noticed some additional clues that had been added in, like, um, you know, he lip syncs to the music or he's, uh, you know, he pumps his fist in the air. And, you know, on the surface, those are might seem insignificant in that they're not really related to the workout. You don't need to know those things, but it humanizes everything. You know, I mean, when when he was lip syncing to the music, so was I, you know, and I thought, hey, that's cool. And. Um, after a particular hard interval, the, the pumping his fist in the air thing, I thought, yeah, I could, I should do that too. Cause that really was tough. And it, it sort of goes above and beyond like, oh, we have to require this because it's part of the exercise to we're providing this because we're really providing an experience that includes exercise and, or some sort of activity, but you know, it's, it's more than that, right? It's, it's the facial expressions. It's the actions that the instructor takes. It's, it's knowing that they too are sipping water after a, a something or other. Right. So like 
some of those extra things that are put in, you know, may not be needed per se, but they add a ton of value and really humanize the experience. And that's something I've never experienced with any other app um, or, or service. So it's, it's just so elegant and it just keeps getting more and more so. So I'm, I'm a huge fan. You make me want to try it. And I'm I'm a slug. Yeah, I, I should, oh, you I should, should do, do it, it, Steve. All right, I'll I'll call you. you. You and I can be like Apple Watch buddies or something. And well, <laughs> actually, each other. You say that in jest, but that's another feature. I that's true. Yeah, I got to a point where I I don't I don't want to work out alone, but I don't want to go to the gym. And I have a friend who is um, very patient with me and who for some reason puts up with me. And we often will do a uh, virtual bike ride together on the weekends. And um, because now it works with SharePlay. So it's so cool that we can FaceTime slash SharePlay each other. SharePlay a verb? I don't know. <laughs> and uh, like we both jump on our bikes and do the workout. And then we close our rings. And it's just so awesome because it's like you're, you know, you are doing this workout with someone. Um, it makes it less lonely, you know. And so uh, if you get into it. Uh, we could totally work out together. It would be fun. We'll talk. we'll talk. Yeah, let's do it. I always like to end the, an episode of Parallel with my usual one more thing question, a little whimsical question, just to get my guests thinking. And uh, my question for you is, do you have a current favorite workout song? Ooh, that's a good one. I love listening to music when I work out. Let me, for me right now, um, it's, it's not it's not super deep. I think everyone knows this song, um, but Miley Cyrus just recently dropped a single called Flowers, and it, it, it pretty much joins me for every single workout I do, regardless of the modality. Um, so that is that is my current jam. Excellent, Steve. How about you? I'm going to go with Confident by uh, Debbie Lovato um, because it's something I've lacked, and so it sort of speaks to me on that level. Plus, it's just a really cool. Um, beat and fun to sing along to as long as I'm wearing AirPods and no one knows. Those, <laughs> so, those former Disney yeah. kids are helping everybody work out. It's <laughs> oh my gosh, it's great. <laughs> so true. Well, uh, Summer and Steve, thank you so much for being on the show. I want to give each of you an opportunity to plug what you're doing online where people can find you if they want to do that. Summer, do you have any, any links to lay on us? <laughs> Yeah, I, um, I I used to post a lot on Twitter, but I haven't been doing that as much. My Twitter account still exists, so it's at Summer, um, Summer with an O. But um, if you want to just see me post about random stuff and a lot of accessibility, that happens now on Mastodon, um, and I'll, I'll make sure you have the link to that. I'm uh, Summer at Macaw Social. And, of course, I have a website, summerpanage.com. You can always find me there. Excellent. Steve, how about you? I know you're blogging these days, right? I am trying to get back into blogging these days. I, I do have a blog. I need to update some things, and it's on my perpetual list of stuff to do. But you can find me there. The address is simply steves.life, so S-T-E-V-E-S dot life. Uh, in related news, dot life is a top-level domain. Who knew? Uh, so steves.life. I'm also on Twitter, although I also don't check that as much anymore. And I'm on Mastodon. Uh, links to that and to email and to everything else. Uh, should be on Steve's life. 
Excellent. You can keep up with this podcast at relay.fm slash parallel. We are also on Twitter at Parallel Pods. Uh, I post the links when we do a show update, but I, or when we do post a new episode, but I never really, you know, talk on that account. Also on Mastodon at relayfm.social slash parallel. I, I never have, I haven't figured out the ultimate way to express Mastodon handles. I think that will come soon, but you get the idea. The link is on the website. Thanks, Steve and Summer, for being with us. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back in two weeks. Bye now.